With us today is Mario Economo, a former banker who worked in New York, London, and Zurich. And he, he usually gives us a good report on what's going on in Europe, because the way Europe goes, so goes the United States. So, Mario Economo, give us an update what's going on in Europe. Yes, good morning, uh, Cats Roundtable. So the big uh, unfortunate news uh, this week is the very large earthquake in Turkey and in Syria. Uh, to give our American listeners an idea, this is an area roughly the size uh, from Washington, D.C. up to Boston. Um, there's roughly 13 million people who live in that area, and uh, as of right now, roughly 3 million are homeless as a result of the earthquake. Uh, Roughly 300 miles of earth ripped apart, and it moved about 10 feet westward. And they're saying that the amount of energy released in the first quake at uh, just after 4 a.m. was equivalent to 150 atomic bombs. Uh, Greece, the country that I hail from, was actually the first country to send in one search and rescue team, and it was followed by a subsequent search and rescue team. And um, the uh, Turks have been very grateful. They have actually uh, been posting on social media uh, how helpful and wonderful the Greek search and rescue teams have been, as well as the Greek people have been, in sending aid. Um, with respect to aid, we know that Germany has approved uh, about 26 million euros uh, of funds to be allocated to Syria. And we know that the U.S. will be suspending for 180 days the sanctions against Syria so that aid can get into Syria. In fact, the first convoy arrived earlier this week. Now, I understand. I spoke to somebody uh, on Friday that the deaths are almost uh, 22,000, and they expect to, to rise a great deal. Yes, that's uh, true. Uh, the government is officially saying they are going to be between 20 and 21,000, but unofficial estimates are saying they will be upwards of 200,000, and that's merely by doing a calculation based on the number of buildings that have actually collapsed and the number of people who lived in those buildings um, and the fact that they have been able to find a lot of people alive. But as the days pass, of course, finding more people alive uh, begins to become a challenge. And there's a discussion now that realistically, by Monday, um, they will stop the search and rescue uh, part of the operation, and they will go to actually uh, the demolition part, uh, removing the uh, broken and destroyed buildings. There has been uh, a meeting in the EU, one of the regular scheduled ones earlier this week, uh, in the middle of the week. What they did there was they discussed that they will meet again in March to discuss the donations that the EU will be making to help rebuild both uh, Turkey and Syria. Uh, and, of course, there's one very big pressing issue, and that is the very large wave of uh, migration that they expect to happen of people who've lost their homes and essentially their families who are going to start to make their way westward and into Europe, crossing, of course, over into Greece and into other parts of Europe. So the Europeans are preparing for what they feel is going to be a very large wave of people coming across once again, and they need to uh, decide how they're going to handle that and what they can do to actually provide funds to rebuild quickly, both in Turkey and in Syria, so that people do not have to leave from their homes. How is the price of oil going in Europe right now? There was certain a lot of reports going on. I was on... Uh, uh, on Fox last week, and uh, oil was at $72, $73, and uh, Goldman Sachs uh, announced that it's going to go to 100 
And this morning, this morning on Friday morning, on Friday morning actually, uh, that the Russians say they're making cutbacks because they want oil at $100. There's a war going on between oil uh, countries that, that produce oil and the United States that wants cheaper oil along with Canada and the uh, other countries. And by creating a problem in Russia and by Goldman Sachs uh, uh, saying that uh, it's going to go to 100, what's going to happen? What's going on in Europe? What do you hear in Europe? So uh, that's a very good point. Yes, it's true. The Russians are going to have announced they will start cutting back on oil. We also know that the Chinese now are opening up their market and they're consuming substantially more oil. I suspect, given the uh, price of natural gas, which is very low right now in uh, in the markets, and that's due to a very lo- uh, largely a mild winter in Europe and the essentially overstocking of supplies in natural gas, uh, oil itself uh, also started to pull back a bit, and that's why the Russians have decided they're going to limit the supply in the markets, something that, of course, the Saudis also want to do because it benefits them to have uh, oil as high as possible and preferably at $100 a barrel. It's important to note that, however, that even if oil gets to the, Euro- uh, the European Union's price cap of 65 bucks a barrel, uh, Russia still makes roughly $100 billion uh, on oil. So Russia will continue to make a lot of money. The fact that Russia has been sanctioned and Russian oil is not allowed into the European Union is interesting in and of itself because we know for a fact that many countries, India being one of them, Malaysia being another one, are actually refining product and they're actually selling it. They're branding it as their own and they're selling it. Um, to uh, many countries and through other intermediaries, uh, and eventually it does end up in Europe. Having said that, the price at the pump, gasoline price at the pump in Europe, is up slightly uh, in some countries more than others. Um, But I anticipate that uh, if the Russians do decide, along with the other countries that produce oil in OPEC, that they want to drive the price up, they will cut back on the supply. And there was another report. There was another report from a very credible source that it was the United States, and that's the accusation, and I don't know much about it other than that, that blew up that pipeline that was supplying Germany with Russian gas. What have you heard on that? Yes, the Nord Stream 2, three of the four pipelines that had been blown up, and there is a a report which is going around, which is not being carried by the mainstream media, and specifically that there was a NATO exercise going on in that area and that it was U.S. divers who actually had put uh, explosives around it, um, uh, which were remote-controlled explosives and which were, uh, could be detonated at a later date, which is in fact what this report is saying. The White House has, of course, denied this and said this is absolutely false. The Russians, on their part, are saying we've said all along that it wasn't us who blew it up. It was the Americans. We had absolutely no reason to destroy a a multi-billion dollar investment that we made. Um, One thing is for sure, uh, whether it was the U.S. or not, uh, the reality is uh, Russia and Europe, they will never be friends again, at least not in my lifetime, and realistically maybe not even in the next generation's lifetime. Uh, What the Europeans have done in sanctioning Russia in the way they have and not allowing Russia to make its case and to meet with the Russians is only going to hurt the Europeans in the long term. I would like to add one other thing. The EU did have at one of its summits, President Zelensky of the Ukraine visited before ending that summit, President Macron of France, who said that um, 
it would not be easy to provide uh, French fighter jets to the Ukrainians. So uh, President Macron has left himself some room there. He's basically said that it would take many months to train the Ukrainian pilots, um, and uh, therefore providing jets immediately would make no sense. He's allowed himself some wiggle room there so that he's not, he does not have to commit to providing jets anytime soon. Uh, there is one other thing that I would like to point out. When uh, President uh, Zelensky was there in uh, Brussels, he essentially made a case and uh, plead for more weapon systems, more munitions, more tanks, and more uh, uh, and actually to have uh, Air Force planes, Air Force fighter jets there. Um, Europe is split on this. Some countries are prepared to send jets tomorrow. Other countries are not. But the reality is, whether jets are sent or not, the Ukrainians don't know how to use them. And once again, in much the same way that the tanks and the upper, other weapon systems that have been sent to the Ukraine have uh, been blown up by the Russians, these too will get blown up by the Russians because this equipment is highly sophisticated and it does require a substantial amount of training. Uh, earlier this week, President Zelensky came on uh, his uh, daily broadcast and announced that roughly 70 missiles after his visit to Europe uh, hit the Ukraine, but the Ukraine intercepted 60 of them. So my question is, if President Zelensky is intercepting 60 of Russia's 70 missiles in one day, then why is he saying he needs so much aid and so much help and so many more weapon systems? It would sound Mario, like he's actually doing a good job. Mario, we're out of time, uh, but uh, I be believe we should find out who's telling the truth uh, more or less, whether it's Putin or Zelensky, because I, personally, I don't know what the truth is anymore. But thank you for coming on, and we'll catch up with you again real soon. Thank you. Enjoy your day. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. I see.